<laughs> do your best. <laughs> do your best impression of a dial-up tone. <laughs> <laughs> For all the Gen Zers out there, and then <laughs> you, then the you hear your mom pick up the phone. Like, Hello, yeah. get off the phone. And you can hear her talking through the mom. <laughs> so, welcome to our podcast. My name is Annie, and this is my husband Patrick. I'm Patrick. And this is our podcast, Screen Chemistry, where I get to force Patrick to watch all the movies that I love that he has not given a chance in the past. Like I say, you can't force the willing. So we are two movies in? Three? Two. This will be the third one. This will be the third. We have watched The Notebook and Pride and Prejudice, and today we are going to watch yet another classic. This is going down a very specific line of rom-com that is very dear to my heart personally, which is the Nora Ephron cinematic universe. Nora Ephron, I know that name. I mean, she's a famous director. And, she related no, to Zac writer. Efron? She is not related to Zach Efron. Hers is a PH. His is an F. PH. Yeah. She's a doctor. Just kidding. Is she really? No. Oh. <laughs> um, so today we are recording this on what is it, September third? The third. September third, which is the perfect timing to watch You've Got Mail. You've got mail. Because the start of You Got Mail is starting with fall and how it makes you want to buy school supplies. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is the this is from the lady who does the um the uh like sleepless in sleep Seattle. Yes. Let's okay. just look at what all she's written because she is amazing. Zach Efron's mother. It's not Zach Efron's mother. Nora Efron, she wrote and directed this. She actually wrote it, I think, with maybe her daughter. Daughter, sister, someone mm -hmm. related to her because their name is Delilah Efron. And she is famous for writing a movie called Silkwood that I don't know what she did win an Academy Award for. Silkwood. Oh, wait, nominated. Not one, sorry. She wrote When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, and then now You've Got Mail, and I'm sure many other things a writer and director. Um, I mean, the movies that we're probably going to watch at some point in time are going to be things like When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to watch today, You've Got Mail. And then she actually wrote a movie that you love. Oh. Um, I don't think hint. you'll guess. Your hint is cooking. Julia and Julia? Yeah, she ah, did. Hey. Patrick has a former life as a chef, so he does really love cooking movies chef, when they are done chef correctly. Chef is always life. Once a chef, always a chef. Like ball is life. Chef, chef is life. life. <laughs> um, but I didn't pick the, the other the chef reason. Life. Obviously, one this is um, just makes sense because it's like one of the most quintessential rom coms of our generation. 
um, and people literally watch it every single year in the fall. Like it's basically for girls, kind of one of those one of those fall girl autumn vibes. Do they really? Yes. But in reality, I probably, I would have probably picked for us to watch When Harry Met Sally, but I think that we need to wait until it's a little bit colder outside to watch When Harry Met Sally. Mm. You've Got Mail is a good one for the beginning of school. I think it's weird just to pick seasons to watch. Well, no, actually, I take that back because you do watch like Christmas movies during the holidays. And you do watch like scary movies. I watch scary movies during uh, Halloween. Annie doesn't like scary movies. Um, maybe I get her to watch one. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I guess so. I guess there's there's a fall movie. Yeah, I mean, it's sense. just movies that take place during a time of year where it makes them feel relevant and yeah. like cozy. You know, mm-hmm. cozy movies to go with all of us cozy gamers. Gamers. Cozy games. Oh, cozy game. <laughs> um, but the other thing that makes this super relevant for right now is Meg Ryan is about to be in a new rom com. It just got announced. Like by this Efron lady? I don't think so. Here, let me look up the, what this movie is. But I mean, she hasn't been in a movie in a while. I mean, I can't tell you the last movie she was in because I don't just have that knowledge. Yeah. But no, the last movie I remember her being in was The Women. Never seen that. It's about like she finds out that her husband's cheating on her. Let's see. Meg Ryan, her latest work. So her latest thing that she was in that came out was something called Cut and Run. Oh, but it looks like she was in Nair. She was... A narrator for an audiobook. That doesn't Before count. that, she had not been in a movie since 2015. Well, she's just chilling. So I mean, she could coast years. on her. Yeah, I mean, she's like, she's not How old, old she but she's older. She's probably close to our parents' age, I would imagine. And what is our parents' age for the people who don't know? <laughs> They're early 60s. Sorry late to 50s. put you on blast if you're listening. So uh, she is coming out with a movie called What Happens Later. And the whole premise is about a woman. You're gonna guess <laughs> why? <laughs> it's about a woman who it is about a woman who gets older and uh, she Listen. gets back into the dating scene. So it's coming out October 13th. It's a Halloween. So we movie. could go and see this okay. and then like record a podcast live All or right. not live, but you know, yeah, right after we see real it time. In the theaters. And the plot synopsis is Willa and Bill are ex-lovers that will see each other for the first time in years when they both find themselves snowed in at an airport overnight. Oh, that sounds good. I know. I mean. And it's her and um, David Duchovny. Gotta love the Duchov. I don't know. I just made that up. The Duchov. The (laughs) Duchov. The Duchov. No, that's great. Um, That sounds like an interesting premise. I love one set, like, movies that take place in one place, like The Terminal. And I, I love, like, airport movies, if that's a thing. But, like, The term that's that reminded me of The Terminal. I don't know if it's going to be anything like The Terminal, but yeah. yeah. Which is Tom Hanks. Tom the Hanks. The other star. Oh, yes, Tom Hanks You've got is. Mail. I do also remember there is another uh, one of my favorites in this movie, Mr. David Chappelle. Oh. Right? I do remember like that. Parker Post. 
Yeah, I'd say I don't remember the premise of this. This is one of those, like the notebook that I've seen a handful of times. Um, I think I remember the basic premise. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's good. Maybe you it, don't. Okay, so just tell me what you think you remember. Is it time for a? Because you and I have definitely watched this together. I, I think it's time. Maybe for twice. A, I I believe it's time for a, what Patrick remembers. <laughs> what? No, I do the buddle doop. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is what I remember about the movie. You've got mail. <laughs> what I remember. Okay. Um. So obviously the movie is called You've Got Mail. So it takes place in the 90s, 90s movie, um, AOL for those people who don't know what, you know, what that is. Um, uh, I want to say it's about a guy um, who is not happy with his girlfriend. His girlfriend and him are like kind of on the outs or whatnot. And he starts kind of a weird kind of shady, sketchy online relationship with a woman and they start sending each other. Then they eventually meet and then they fall in love and just the ins and outs of that. And I may be, I may be mixing up movies. Don't tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. But we're just going to go with it. Also another movie. Um, I believe he owns a bookstore, like a Barnes and Noble style bookstore. And she owns like a, and an independent bookstore. They're kind of like competition or competitors. And um, she finds out that he is like in the family business for the big book, big box bookstore or something. And then has something to do with it. Again, I might be mixing up other movies, but that's what I believe. You're moving your head and he's moving your head. Um, yeah. So in all different directions. So he doesn't know what I think. No. Um, yeah. So that's what I think it's about. And I, I remember this one because um, I know some actual trivia about this movie. So um, one of Tom Hanks biggest roles, um, arguably, um, he, he did, had a lot of big roles, but was Forrest Gump. Even, oh, Forrest sorry. Gump. That's like I his quintessential. This was one of his biggest roles. I was like, I kind of don't maybe, think it maybe is. Maybe for some people it is. Okay. <laughs> so Forrest Gump, right? Okay. Yeah. So, um. In Forrest Gump, there was the uh, world famous Bubba of Bubba Gump Shrimp, go, who was played by, I always mispronounce his name, Micah Tell Williams. Um, but a young David Chappelle originally uh, tried out, auditioned for that role. He didn't get it. Um, I think maybe he didn't accept it or something. I thought he had like, yeah, yeah scheduling. He might have passed on it or maybe he just didn't think he was right for the role. There was something. But he goes on to say that that was like one of his biggest regrets. It's not taking that role. Which I, I mean, was like, yeah. well, no. Think I mean, how much money he could still be making. Well, I mean, who's doing better? Who's who's still relevant? Like, when's the last time you seen the Micah Toe, William Sky? I mean, he's a great actor and he's in a bunch of stuff, but Dave Chappelle's a legend. But, um, I mean, you know, I think maybe it would have went on a different trajectory. Maybe that would have started him being a, an actor, an actor, you know, but, um, yeah. And, and this was kind of Tom Hanks. I believe Tom Hanks might've produced this movie. He had his hands and everything, but, um, he, um, I don't know if it's a playtone movie. Yeah. But it's Tom Hanks. He, he, yeah. he. He uh, pulls a lot of strings in Hollywood, and he actually assisted in getting Dave Chappelle this role because he liked him so much from his audition for Bubba Gump. So there you go. It's there you a, go. Yeah, 
he's uh, Dave Chappelle's the token black guy in this. It's pretty good. I gotta play it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now it's from what I remember. I think I, I might have had some issues with this movie, but we will have to see about that when we get done with, with, with the movie. What is this random voice? That's my southern Is that your Bubba Gump voice? No. Oh, my my gosh. Forced. (laughs) I think you should stop. I won't go home. Forced. Me too. (laughs) Oh, that was sad. Okay. (laughs) That's going to get me. Um, Okay. Yeah. That's what I remember for the movie. But yeah. Um, You've got mail. Um, Any other things you want to talk about concerning you've got mail? Nothing that we can't talk about in our post-recap. Okay. And I don't know. There's probably, this is this might ruffle some feathers. What? Let's see. So, before we go into the movie, who do you think should be the undisputed America's sweetheart? Do you think, between these two, Meg Ryan, Julia Roberts? Okay, so here's the thing. Oh, that's rough, right? Is that like, no, it's really not for me personally, just because I love all of the Meg Ryan movies so much. And um, I like Julia Roberts, obviously. Um, But like the movies that people really love of hers are not favorites of mine. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really care about Runaway Bride or My Best Friend's Wedding or Pretty Woman, which I feel like are the things that really like solidified her in that world. But I more just think of her as like a really good, almost like Meryl Streep level actress. I don't think of her in the same way that I think of Meg Ryan. Yeah, but I mean, they both can do dramatic and- Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I just don't think of them in the same way. And so, to me, Meg Ryan is the one that, like, holds all of my most favorite roles when it comes to these, like, rom-coms. Rom-coms. And then, honestly, the other person who I love in a rom-com, Kate Hudson. Yeah, she kind of had a run in the early 2000s. 2000s, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. actually, I, could, I think I could, I was, at first I was like, I can't name any movies with her. Then I was like, oh, crap, wait, she did do her and her and the McConaughey. How to lose They had a run. Days. Yeah. And then they also did Fool's Gold, which I never actually even saw. I think that was it. I think I actually liked that movie. I mean, when yeah, I saw it. I mean, it. she's in a ton of stuff. It's crazy that he was she's just in, in a those movie weird. That you hate. What movie? Something Borrowed. Where I think the best just, friend is. <laughs> The best friend. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's up with the That's so bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but anyway, all that to say, Meg Ryan is my personal queen. Mm-hmm. I will be having a Meg Ryan fall in a Chessie summer for my whole life. Don't know what a Chessie summer is. Yeah, you know, girl stuff. Well, you're not going to elaborate? Uh, Chessie is the, what is she? She's the nanny in The Parent Trap. Oh. And so every for the last few years, everyone has been saying that your style vibe should be a Chessie Summer and then a Meg Ryan Fall. Okay, she's she's beloved too, I'd say, but, and so random, like yeah. she. But she's in um, Abbott Elementary now. We will go watch our movie. We're gonna and go we'll be watch right it back. We're gonna watch. You've got mail. We will be right back. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. 
So tell us your initial thoughts. It was good. Um, I liked it. Um, You would think based off of the name that it will be kind of dated. But, I mean, you could really take out the the AOL email thing and um, put anything in there and it will work. And I think I saw in the beginning that it was originally a a book, was it? So it's originally based on, I think it's a play, like a Hungarian play called Perfumery. Mm -hmm. And then it is also based on a movie from like the 30s or 40s called Shop Around the Corner. So that's where they got the title. And in the, I don't know that much about the play, but the movie... Shop around the corner. Mm-hmm. It's like they work together in a store and they hate each other and they don't like get along. Um, but then they start like through maybe like a pen pal service or something. They start interacting via letters. Have you seen that movie too? I haven't seen it, but it also had a musical come out. I think it's called She Loves Me or something like that a few years ago and. That woman, I feel like her name is like Jen Krasinski or Jane Krasinski, who was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh. <laughs> you know who I'm talking yeah. about. I don't know her name. Um, I should probably look it up, but she's she was in that Broadway musical, mm. and it was like big during its season that it was, you know, whatever. But anyway, so that is what it's based on. Nice. That's interesting. Um, what did you ask me? <laughs> Your initial thoughts. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was good. Um, as Annie said, I have seen this before, um, but it's it's one of those that I've seen it, but I didn't watch it. And, you know, when you're watching it, like, analytically, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of take it on. Um but I enjoyed it. I see why it's very, it's very charming. I mean, it's Tom Hanks. I mean, everybody loves Tom Hanks. You know, yeah. he's just he's he's just so electrifying. You know, to say, I mean, for like, mm-hmm. a, not in this movie really, but he's just his personality. He just looks like a magnet. You know, yeah. just drawn at anything that he does. Um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about it while we were watching. It's so weird because. I love this movie so much, and I think you could probably tell that while we were watching it. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that I, like, do not, at this point in time, like, do not find Tom Hanks attractive at all. In this time period of the movie? Yes, I don't think that he's cute at all, and I still am, like, so, like, putty in his hands with all how good the writing is, and... I just do love him. Like, he is so good at endearing himself to me. But then I, like, pull back and I look at him like, I don't think you're cute. You know what I mean? Which is so interesting. You know, and he may not be attractive based on, I don't know, like, leading man standards. Like, what what are you basing it on? I guess. I was just commenting on the fact that it's interesting to me that I can still be so, like, love this story so much, love his character and their whole arc and all of that and feel a lot of emotion while I watch it. But I am like, oh, wait, I'm not, it's not just that I like him or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, Patrick did accidentally get spoiled on the Rotten Tomatoes score. Mm-hmm. So no guessing this time, but it's 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Do you feel that that is a fair number for it? I wouldn't have given it a 70. Um, I'm actually curious to look at why it was a 70, like what the consensus was. But I feel like it's definitely, it would be fresh regardless, but uh, 70, I mean. Like, are you saying you think it's too high or too low? I think it's too high. Um, Interesting. No, I mean, no, 70 is about right. I don't for some reason, the thing that sticks out to me, and that's why I wish I wouldn't have seen it, because I'm really curious, you know, where I would have put it. But I think I would have, I would have placed it. Sixty-five is the number that sticks out to me. I would have given it a sixty-five, um, and I don't know seventy. Let's see if we can pull up and see some of the the reviews here. Um, I think it's a lot of like that it was uh, that you knew what was going to happen type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I it mean, is very formulaic. Yeah. It's a trope. That's for sure. It's so, a trope. And that's fine. I mean, you know. But yeah, we also look at the critics, then you have the audience. I'm sure the audience is much, much higher. Yeah. Not much. Because it's a very beloved movie. All right, so it's 70% for the critics, 73 for the audience. Interesting. Hmm. And the critics' consensus, great chemistry between the leads made this a warm and charming delight. And let's see. Yeah. Predictable but sweet romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um and that's about what I do what I thought. It's it's it is predictable, but it's very sweet and it's very charming and Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are both very good leads. The chemistry between them is very good. Um it's funny. Like there's some legit funny moments in there. Um but yeah, I think it was uh I think it was general, but I give it a 60. What did I say 65? Mhm. Maybe if I was being generous, a 68. Yeah. 65. Those are the two numbers that immediately stuck in my head, 65 and 68. Um, but yeah, it was a good movie, a throwback. Yeah. And that's the one thing. It's like the fact that this still resonates now. I mean, it's like you've got mail. Like people won't know. There'll be a point where, like, you know, I'm sure gen- some Gen Zers won't know what that is. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you definitely. Know? I mean, yeah, we know what email is, but they don't understand that you've got mail. Like, oh. Yeah, the, it, how, how, how like, amazing prolific it was to AOL log, was. log on yeah. and hear that. And I was telling Annie, I was like, it's funny. I was like, if they made one for, like, our generation, it would be, like, new friend requests in the My MySpace era. I mean, you know, we both lived during AOL and IM times, but... For me, like, and when you get that new friend request in MySpace, that was like, it was it. Go ahead and tell them, Patrick. Tell them what? <laughs> that the whole reason we're together is because of a follow on Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, that's not what I was talking about before. Hmm. Yeah, but but that is true. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna get. 
<laughs> I really don't want to get into that. But um, made me okay. lose track. Well, anyway, so I mean, I love that you said that it's uh, surprisingly not that outdated. Mm-hmm. But the thing that the movie opens on immediately dates it so, so, so badly. What's that? The weird computer-generated New York City. Oh, God, yes. Bad CGI. <laughs> it was so bad. And, and the thing is, is like even, this came out in what, 98? 98, that's crazy. Um, I mean, you think about like all the other movies. Like the 90s was, you know, kind of when CGI first started really getting used in movies. But, um, yeah, that was very crappy. I don't know if they did it intentionally to kind of make it cute, but, um, I I think it was supposed to be like, you know, a call out to the fact that it was a movie based on like a digital romance type of thing. But I mean, like I could literally get a better opening by like, like Apple maps, like just zoom in on Apple maps and I could have created a better thing. But I mean, Hey. It, it is what it, it was the intro. Also, the thing that I thought was funny was um I thought to myself, and this was my mental in my head, in my mind's eye, I was like, Oh man, I wonder how much they like did they have to pay AOL anything for this? And then I thought of it and I was like, Oh, Warner Brothers, AOL Time Warner. And I was AOL like AOL oh. had actually not been purchased by Time Warner yet. Yeah. Um, they were purchased by like the year two thousand, I think. Yeah. But um yeah, one of the big complaints that like critics have about this movie is actually the amount of product placement. There's a lot of product placement. Is the Fox the Fox Brothers Fox thing? Fox is not a real store. It seemed very well. I was like, they they did a good job of making this a nice in world in movie brand. Mm-hmm. Like some of them are kind of cheesy, but I was like, I could actually see this I being. Mean, I a, think it's supposed to be based on like a yeah, Borders, Barnes and Noble. Yeah, whatever. Um. But yeah, I mean, it obviously is. But yeah. Um, So from there, do you want to start getting into a general synopsis of the the So they're like, um, well, there are obviously so many vignettes in this. I kind of broke it up into like five or six different parts. Mm -hmm. So obviously we're introduced to a, a number of the characters and introduced to... The main character, which really is New York City. Don't you oh kind of feel God. like this was such a like love story to That's New York so and love story to the West Side? I know it's a cliche, but it is. Like the amount of times that you see someone like opening a grate in front of a store. Yeah, right. Yeah, all right. of that, you know, it's just, it's yeah, a lot. Give, okay, it's definitely about definitely. people loving New York. The ro- the romanticizing of New York City. So romanticized. There's no way that's what it's really like. To no, I don't know. I've never been. But we obviously meet Meg Ryan's character, Kathleen, and her boyfriend, Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, where? He is so eccentric. He's, I feel like he always kind of plays the same kind of character, though. Mm. Um, But what happened to Greg Kinnear? Like, he was everywhere, and he was, like, nowhere now, right? Like, what was the last thing that you've seen him in? I couldn't even tell you. I was just, I put that on my notes. The, la- uh, the last song with Miley Cyrus. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. But um, he was everywhere. There was nowhere. All right, yeah. But he, uh, she's with his, uh, her uh, boyfriend. And, and he's immediately already introing the fact that he is anti-digital. Anti-digital. And I, I thought it was funny, just the fact of how, 
how plugged in and connected we are today, I was like, this dude's probably like freaking out now. I was like, wait till he sees a smartphone. Like he was talking (laughs) about email. Electronic mail will be the end of the world. And I was like, bro, like really? And I was like, it's not even a, like back then it was kind of like, you could go without it, you know? Definitely. But now it's a necessity. Like I think some countries consider like internet connectivity, like a utility, like it's just Mm -hmm. like a basic, like you have to have it. But um, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's it's a sign of the times. I mean, ten years after this, two thousand eight. Yeah, literally in two thousand eight, I had to like make a case to my dad about why I needed a smartphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my main thing was, well, I was a freshman in college, and it was I really need to have access to my email and to be able to log on to like our online portal system where you could like. Ask your teachers questions and all of that. What year was this? In e- 2008. Oh, and it, my dad was literally like, you do not need that. That is so stupid. For internet? Like y'all didn't have internet in 2008? No, no, no. For having a smartphone. Oh. Because when the first iPhone came out in 2007, you know. Yeah, yeah, didn't need that. And he was basically like, absolutely not. There's no, you never need to be that connected. Way to go, Annie's dad. And here we are. <laughs> No, yeah. no, say his name, but um, you can say his name, Kent JK. We love him, JK. Um, but um, one of the things that I love in the beginning of this movie is I just love Meg Ryan's physicality with the, the sneaking to the door like and looking mousy. out the window, yeah. and the music is so obviously they do, 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 she do, do, did it first and they like added they the, the music on, but do, it's. Do, 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 do. You wouldn't, you would almost feel like she had timed it with that music, like, and listened to it. And the only way that I could compare it, the only thing that I could compare it to was, like, when you're a teenage boy and your mom leaves home, (laughs) and your parents leave home, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's going down on the computer. Okay, we don't need to talk about that. (laughs) Oh, wait, I forgot another thing that Frank says. He tells her the story about how... Everyone in, I don't remember what state, maybe like you said, the state of Virginia or something, had solitaire removed from their computers because they weren't getting any work done. And all that made me think of was that Tetris movie we watched and how they all got in trouble uh, for playing Tetris in the Russian government. (laughs) Elorg. No, that was funny. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I also just thought of like now it's like TikTok and... uh, (laughs) tiktok and at work and stuff i was like this dude would really hate 2023 like he would he would probably just he's like that dude that you see who's like has the flip phone still yeah imagine (laughs) if he saw you working (laughs) taking your having your work calls on your one screen having your xbox plugged in on your other (laughs) he he did not survive the the pandemic (laughs) um but anyway So then we obviously get introduced to the online romance between Shop Girl and NY152. 152. And I mean, these are some like very iconic lines in my opinion. Like obviously him saying, don't you just love New York in the fall? It makes me want to go out and buy school supplies. If I knew your address, I would send you a bouquet of freshly sharpened pencils. And then the and then hers when he logs on, which then we're introduced to Parker Posey, who makes caffeine nervous or whatever he says about her. She has a unique energy. 
Yeah. Um, and what he's the what then she says to him of the I hear nothing on the streets except the beating of my own heart. They're just both so well written. Both of their little opening monologues. Wow. <laughs> hey. No, it, it's cute. It's sweet. But I'm just like, oh, come on now. It's sappy. Yeah. I, I know mean, people sad. don't talk like that. That's what I'm saying. You know? But think about the difference mm-hmm. is, yes, people don't talk like that. But they are writing each other. And no, you do write like that. A lot of people do, at least. Like, more... Things are more fluffy in writing a lot of the time, especially if you're not like, I'm writing fluffy. a whole email, not like I'm writing a text. I'm not that fluffy. That's because I mean, you're were, not like, like that. No, because There's I'm reason. just not a poet. Like, they were writing like they were poets. And, you know, I was like, come on now. It's, they were feeling it, okay. okay? I need you to not be down also, on the opening monologues. No, I, I have a right to my opinion. Um and also I will say they were down on it and I will say that what they are doing is considered cheating in this day and age. <laughs> I just want to say that. So yes, they doing dirt. Definitely. They dirty. Yes. You nasties. Yeah. Um Yeah, they were cheating. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, we are in this in this day and age, you know, the digital age that we live in, that is considered cheating, you know, yeah. right? I mean, that's I mean, just like, I think that having an emotional affair is considered cheating no matter what. But yeah, not only that, they're just like, like they knew they were up to no good, like the sneaking, yeah, like the fact that she waited and yeah. he also waited. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's funny. I, I just love how they just kind of it's. I mean, they're they're not married to those people, and obviously, they do not like their significant others, <laughs> and that's that that comes up later on. Um, but yeah, and then we open, go from there into to the store, to the store, to another '90s trope, a cranberry song, the cranberry song, <laughs> which uh-huh. is a great song, <laughs> which is when we see the opening grates all over the West Side because they're opening the store, which. Did you realize, did you pick up on, so the first person in the store that we meet is the girl worker, like the college age student worker. Did you recognize her? She looks, is she in Game of Thrones? No. Okay. um, I don't think so, at least. Maybe. She looks familiar. She is Miss Rhode Island and Miss Congeniality. The one who says the iconic, the one who says the iconic line of what's your favorite date? She says April 25th instead of, or what would you, what's your perfect date? And he's obviously asking her like, I want to go on a walk on the beach, whatever. And she says, April 25th, it's not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light sweater. (laughs) I don't know that one. Oh my gosh, Patrick. Okay, well. That's another movie. The girlies know. Um, Well, I'll add it to the list because a great movie. But anyway, so that's who that is. Also, cranberries, R.I.P. It seems to <laughs> going back to the cranberries. I know the cranberries are great. Also, um, support your local bookstore. Say that there you go. they're coming back. They're coming back, baby. Um, and then we meet Birdie, who is the like old woman that works with her. Nothing to say about that. But then our guy. Steve Zan. She loves him. I love Steve Zan so much. He's all right. 
Um, well, let's just go ahead and say now, this will not be a movie that we watch on this podcast because it doesn't really have to do with that, but Daddy Daycare is a severely underrated film. It's good. She made me watch it before. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. It, it's funny. I mean, it's Eddie Murphy. Steve Zan is the funniest person. I love him. I like Steve Zan. Um, I feel like he he's also one of those people who just disappeared, um, unless mm-hmm. you know something. Like, he was in, like... He did a bunch of comedy movies, and then he did some dramatic movies. I remember he did Rescue Don with Christian Bell. He's really good in that. And and then he just kind of disappeared. So he has chops, though, because he did the serious. So, you know, it's actually funny because we were talking about, you were saying that Steve Zahn, like, where did he go? Yeah. He's literally been in, like, five things in 2023. Anything that we know? I mean, you can mm. say he's been in things, but it could be, like, B-movies or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... He's in that... He's apparently in that show, Righteous Gemstones, which people do oh, love. I, I saw the first season of that. It's pretty funny. Um, And then he was in a movie called Wildcat, another one named Leroy Gringa, and something called Your okay. Place or Mine. So he's he's working. Yeah. doing Doing what it do. Oh, he was in that show, The White Lotus, which people really love that show. Shout out Steve Zahn. So, yeah, he's out there. He's doing it. Anyway. But that is also where they start talking about um, going into the chat rooms. And I had to ask you, did you go into chat rooms back in this day? I mean, yeah, everybody did. Did you have anyone that you talked to online that you like didn't actually know them and you talked to them consistently? No, not really. Um, I just used to go into like the little teen chats. I remember cause my mom had my account set up to where it's like, I can only go on like mm-hmm. teen chats. I mean, thank you mom. That's good. But, <laughs> um, you know, I just, I don't know. I remember you know, chatting and stuff, but I, I just always remember it just made me think of the one question ASL. ASL. And I was like, A H sex location. And you know, you, you get it, you get the you see that F there, you're like, oh hey. I mean, you don't even know if it's a woman or a forty year old. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was definitely weird time, weird time <laughs> in in the internet culture. Yeah. Um um, and then we're also on the other side of things on the Tom Hanks storyline introduced to the, the Fox bros, the Fox dad, bros. grandpa, and Tom Hanks. That's funny. I literally put the, like, I just hate corporate people. <laughs> like they're just like, they're not even doing, it's very, it's a very probably accurate portrayal portrayal of these like ceos and these like c-suite <laughs> people yeah <laughs> and i'm like they're not even doing anything they're just sitting there shooting the shit and just getting rid of their lint and talking about the couch made of money yeah <laughs> and yeah it's definitely weird so i mean we obviously both work in corporate america but i would say that Nobody really knows that much of what they're doing from my experience. Yeah. Um, so one, the guy who plays the dad, like Tom Hanks's dad, mm-hmm. guess who he is the voice of? Um, I don't know who. 
Principal Prickly on recess. Oh, wow. Now that you hear that. He kind of even looks like him. I know. He looks so much like him. That's weird. Did you just know that or did you look it up? I knew that. Oh, that's random. (laughs) Because I've looked at him, I've looked him up before. Students. I could just hear him now. Um. And I did, I did love though when uh, Tom Hanks is giving the like rundown on what they're doing as they are, you know, opening this new bookstore. Readers. And he says, "Don't do that. Don't romanticize them, son." Just like that, they're they're called readers, <laughs> and that is very like a corporate thing. Like they're just numbers. You're, they're just commodities. You know, they don't see them as actual people. I mean, yeah. Why are you shaking your head like that? That's what you do, huh? <laughs> That's not what I do. Just I think that in marketing, your view every you really do try to like understand people as individuals, <laughs> or you know as as like cohorts of people, not so much as just like oh, I'm not a merchandiser, I'm not just trying to sell whatever. Wait for that to go off anyway. Um, also, can we just comment on the fact that? Tom Hanks, then we go into their, you know, one of their letters back and forth, and they're talking about Starbucks. And he's like, what, for $2.95, you can get a sense of self? $2.95. For $2.95, he's saying you can get a Starbucks drink. I don't even, I don't think you can get. How much is like a regular drip coffee at Starbucks? I don't know, but I don't think it's $2.95. Let's see. I think it's like. I feel like the cheapest Starbucks drink you can probably get is $4. Okay. So you can get a grande freshly brewed coffee from Starbucks for $2.10. Wow, (laughs) really? Yeah. Huh. I think he's talking about a cappuccino. A tall, non-fat cappuccino. Probably boosts it up a little bit. Cappuccino. Yeah, probably around the same thing, though, but... Do people even drink cappuccino? Cappuccinos are such a 90s thing. I've honestly never had a cappuccino. Really? No. It was like the only other drink that I knew, like, besides just regular coffee when I first used to go to coffee shops. But, um, yeah, I mean, Starbucks around the turn of, like, the millennium in the late 90s, early 2000s, just had a stranglehold on the world. It was at the time when Starbucks wasn't viewed as it is now, or there's a Starbucks in every corner. It it it, it almost had a kind of um, um, prestige to it. You know, it was still kind of like, oh, you're cool. Like you have your little Starbucks cup and, you know, oh, you know, like I don't even think I even knew what a Starbucks was at that mm-hmm. time. Like, I don't even think I went to my, I actually remember going to my first Starbucks was when I visited my sister in college and they had a, which was around campus. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just funny. I just remembered. I was like sitting in the coffee shop, everybody on the computers. They started popping up everywhere. Yeah. It was definitely, but it was still like romanticized. Oh, definitely. But now like Starbucks is just like, you know, homeless people peeing in the bathrooms and (laughs) (laughs) now it's all about the local, or, a, or just the La La Lands and yes, things of that nature. Which that's, you know that that's local to here. Yeah, I know, but I love it. La La Land Coffee, if you are in the DFW area. Or LA, they have like two locations in Los Angeles. Check it out and sponsor us, La La Land. 
<laughs> or like right now, I feel like the other one that's having a big uh, like surge of popularity, which is a totally different thing, is uh, Dutch Bros. Oh, yeah, Dutch Bros. Like people are going to those all the time and posting about it. Well, the thing, and- they, they, not to get off, <laughs> off subject, but they, uh, they took the whole coffee thing and just kind of innovated it. You know, it's, it's all drive through now. So when you think of a coffee shop, like you think of a, a shop where you go yeah, in and you, you sit, and sit. Yes, there's someone totally on different. there. There's like a writer probably writing his next little novel or some high school kids. there studying college kids yeah. studying, but it's like Dutch bros. just like, it fits in with our modern times, the, the modern times now, because everybody's on the go. We don't have time to just sit there and yeah. dabble. We need to get our coffee. We need to go home and we need to walk the dogs or get the kids or do Whatever something. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. The two ninety five. So um, they get introduced to the fact that a Fox books is being opened. F-O-X. Before that, or yeah, before that, whenever Meg Ryan and her, you know, people that work with her Mm -hmm. get introduced to the fact that uh, Fox Books is coming and they start figuring that out. And then, yes, that's whenever Tom Hanks takes his aunt and his brother (laughs) to the fall festival. That's hilarious. That's funny. That's good writing. (laughs) Like, just the fact (laughs) <laughs> that is like I'm his aunt and I'm his brother. I'm his brother. <laughs> I'm his brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> to visit my brother. <laughs> don't know get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't even know if we should elaborate on that. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, and the fall festival. Um, it's very, it's very cute. It's a very cute scene. Um, you know he's making the best that he can with his random family members. and yeah. But he can tell they love him and he loves him and it kind of shows him as not also, the corporate. Also an iconic line from Nanny Maureen, never marry a man who lies. <laughs> and her yeah. like weird giggle. Yeah. Was she like Russian or something? Or? I think she's Irish. Irish, yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. Oh, and you also got to mention the weird relationship between his stepmom and him. Where, where she's like, she's like, Jillian. yeah, it's like, I, I was talking to Addy. to kiss him. And yeah. Was and weird. he was just like peeled away. And it reminded me of that stepbrother scene where he, <laughs> where, uh, where he said he had, she had the old cow. Now she wants a little bit of the young calf. <laughs> it just reminded me of the same energy. Oh God. And, uh, Tom Hanks wasn't having it though. Um, one great, the fall festival is like great comedy stuff, like from Tom Hanks. I, your like notes are like mirroring <laughs> mine because I literally put like Tom Hanks's physical comedy chops are like sometimes forget. Like, I think they are forgotten. They are, is like this dude literally started out doing physical comedy. Like, one of his first movies was like The Bachelor Party. Mm-hmm. Like, classic, was just like teen gross out, kind of funny, very raunchy. But, um, yeah, then you have like Big and all these other, the most iconic dancing piano. Like, Tom Hanks was that dude for like physical comedy. It's like now I think people think of him as 
you know, just serious, serious actor. actor. But yeah. he gets back into his yeah, his comedic roots, stuff, like the sure. David. Well, every time he's on SNL, David S. Pumpkins is my all time favorite mm-hmm. SNL skit, and he did the the Trump guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's good. I'm David S. Pumpkins. That's my thing. <laughs> that is my thing. David S. Pumpkin season is coming, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, Tom Hanks is 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 is, yeah. is is goaded for that. But I do feel like you immediately sense that there is a somewhat of a spark between Kathleen and <laughs> Kathleen and uh, Joe. Yes. Um, as soon as they meet, even though they obviously are both involved elsewhere, and he are he does know that like this is a bookstore that he's going to try to put out of business yeah. already, even though she doesn't know that. Yeah. But they're just like, I feel like they're intrigued by each other. She's intrigued by him being like so paternal with these children that aren't yeah. his children, which classic girl behavior. Yeah. And he is just like, you are so perplexing to me. What yeah. is your, like. Who are you? What is your thing? Yeah. And this is what what I said is uh, their their chemistry here mm-hmm. is, is good. Their yeah. screen chemistry. Palpable. Roll credits. Screen chemistry. You know, it, it really is. And they're very good. And they just play off of each other. Just It's like textbook. Just two actors that are just like killing it i mean this is obviously isn't their first time they made a movie together but you know that they're you know it's it it shows on screen yeah and i do obviously the fox stuff is hilarious and him like trying to hide who he is and all that um and even him interacting with steve zant whenever he's like so this is why it costs so much like this is why it's worth so much (laughs) (laughs) i will say that having uh, a love of bookstores myself. Bookstore people are creepy, man, <laughs> and the, they're not, they're intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like I go to Annie knows this that I go to like uh, half price books. That's my that's my jam. I just love going in there, even if I'm not buying anything. I just I love the way like books smell, and you can find some really good deals there. But the employees there, I feel like they're always judging me. <laughs> Like, like all my purchases <laughs> your, yeah. or whatever. For your interests. I don't, it's like weird. Even like last time I went there, so my daughter and of course bought a bunch of kids books and the dude's checking out the books and he's just like, hmm, you know. <laughs> you feel like they're judging you when you buy a Warhammer book? <laughs> you cannot find Warhammer books. That you cannot. It's just, hmm. you can't. They're hard to come by. Why you? Why you kidding? Why you trying to throw shade at me? I'm not. You're. you're it's not Akotar, all right? Okay. Um, I do also love the part whenever they're leaving the bookstore and <laughs> the balloon gets caught in the door, and he says, "At least it wasn't the fish." <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard him say that, and I wasn't. I wasn't sure what. Uh, yeah, him. what he was talking about. That's funny. Um. So then, Fox Books opens. Mm-hmm. They have their big opening thing. Dave Chappelle makes his appearance. I really oh, love him in this movie. Yeah, we didn't even really talk about. We Dave talked Chappelle about him in the, the in other. The, yeah, yeah, but we didn't talk about him at the beginning. Whenever he's, you know, introduced. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're going through the store and. I love the grandpa so much. Uh, Tom Hanks's grandpa. Yeah. He's so funny and like clearly on his last leg. Of, yeah. You know, understanding. Yeah. And I just feel like Dave Chappelle did a, 
he did a good role. They just didn't insert him in as they did with comedians. A lot of these times you're like, oh, hey, that's one person. But he was actually an active member of the cast and pushing the the story forward. He, he yeah. did good in this role. And he, they still let him even flex, you know, his comedic muscles a little bit. Um, um, so the store opens. It's a hit. They're doing great. And I, I thought it was, I also got to say this as well, going back to the whole bookstore of it, I think it's, it's hilarious that, okay, so you have this small bookstore being taken over by the big box Barnes and Noble stand-in, but now Barnes and Nobles is getting ran out by like Amazon, you mm, know? Yeah. And the smaller bookstores are making a comeback because people want to go back to that. Like it's, it's, it's funny how that cycle works. Sure. You know, it's like, it's, it's weird. But Well, if, as Frank said, digital was going to kill it all. Yeah, I said that. And it's, it's all getting killed by Jeff Kindle. Bezos. We love our Kindles. Yeah, though. we are Kindle subscribers. <laughs> We're a Kindle so. family. <laughs> um, Thanks, Jeff. Which, oh, okay. Also, when the bookstore opens, that's when Birdie reveals to Kathleen that they've done like $1,200 less than before. And... To kind of, you know, talking about how the business is going and all that. And the line that I say <laughs> at least once a week to Patrick from Steve Zan is, I'm going to the nut shop where it's fun. <laughs> I'm not joking. I say this to Patrick so often. And he almost never remembers what it's from. I know where it's from. And it's just one of my natural things that I just say. <laughs> Everybody has their thing. And like. A good, I'd say like fifty-five percent of the things we say to each other are from movies. Well, yeah, and they're inside. There they're not bits. even jokes that we share between us. They're like things that we love for movies that we find funny. Like I we watched Liar Liar the other day, today, and, and uh, what did I say that I took from him? I can't remember, but anyway, I guess it's that they're going to a book party or something because yeah. they both are obviously they're both In like the literary adjacent especially their partners yeah um i think it was like a publishing i think it was for hers his um his girlfriend, Tom yeah. Hanks, because she's like in publishing. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just like a publishing party. Wow, well, whatever. They party. both end up there and yeah. the big reveal that he's Joe Fox. And she like I mean, legit, like, if you don't know that they were, you know, involved, you know, like, she just, she has it out for him. Yeah, she she's just, in there with a the knife? Literally. And my guy's just trying to get some caviar. She was like, that's a garnish. And I was like, it, it, I, I appreciate it. He, he's just playing it so cool because he knew, obviously, you know, yeah. and she just feels like enraged mm -hmm. and i was like all right come on can't you just look past that and see him as a person but yeah. she just sees him as a corporate suit you know that's all she does but he, he has like a shitting smirk on it the whole time because oh, you know totally. he's just like relishing he does it. not feel bad about oh, no. being good at his job no it, it, he shouldn't he yeah. shouldn't I, I don't think he should um but it's just one thing it's hey, it's capitalism baby that's how it goes American that's dream. showbiz baby baby um <laughs> and uh, this is also the start of the godfather references that permeate th 
throughout the yeah, rest of the... Don't get me started on The Godfather. <laughs> anyway. Men and The Godfather, apparently it's a thing. I don't. It was Scarface for me. Um, Gangster movies, we should just say. And um, this is like such an interesting thing also <laughs> with uh, Greg Kinnear's character. He just like... Because this was the first time that... Um, Parker Posey's character, she was like, oh my gosh, like kind of fawning over him. They should be together. You immediately see that he just is like, he just wants He's to in be love famous. With yes. Lo- he loves to hear himself talk. And he, like, I don't know if he even actually really, obviously, he's a fictional character, but really thinks the things that he thinks. He's, it seems like he's one of those guys that's like, um, I only listen to vinyl because it's the quality is better. And you're like, yeah. I think you're just saying that because you think it's cool. He's like a, he's the intellectual hipster type yes. of person who's but like, nerdy listen and to old. the action on this typewriter. Like, it's just pure. You can hear the electrons Reports vibrating. On, yeah, the report of this, you know, and there's nothing wrong with like being, you know, I'm not making fun. I'm like that with some things too, but it's just him as a character, it's turned up to 11. Yeah. And for a good reason, um, as as it is with Parker Posey. And I just say they are literally, both of them are just very annoying people. Mm. And they do that because if they were nice people, you would feel bad oh, yeah. for what they were doing, you know. Yes. But you're like, oh, well, they, they shouldn't be with them. You know, they're obviously not meant for each other. Yeah. Kind of honestly, like what we talked about in the notebook, which they didn't do that to Lon. He was He's like nice really guy. nice yes. and really fine. And then you watch and you're like, oh, I kind of feel bad Exactly, for <laughs> exactly. And you see like Parker they Posey don't want you and Greg Kinnear and people. his little round glasses. And he's just like, oh. yeah. Greg Kinnear is so good at doing those characters, though. He's, he's done those a lot <laughs> in the past, um, which he's almost playing. Now nah, he's not the same character. I was mentioning that, that uh, um as good as it gets, I, I always mention that as I, re- I reference that a lot because I think that's probably one of my favorite romantic comedies. Mm. I, I love that movie. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Anyway, Greg Kinnear's in it and uh, he's like an artist, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. So anyway, that starts them, you know, feuding in real life Beef. and her talking to online to NY152 about like, how do I, what do I do? They're coming to like, try to close my store, all of that. And he doesn't even realize, I mean, obviously it doesn't work, but he's giving advice giving to the enemy. Ammunition. Yeah. He's giving her the bullets to shoot him with. Mm-hmm. Sleeping with the enemy, baby. Um, Yeah, it's it's funny. And she just goes, she starts like rallying. She's like, you know. Her whole thing of like the shadow boxing in the store yeah. is so weird. Yeah. It's it's like a Rocky, um, what's it called? Like montage or something. Is that kind of what it's like? I guess. But yeah, it's funny because she's just one of those people who's like, save the small bookstores and all this. And it's just weird because they're just at completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Big business, small business. Yeah. Um, And then as she is asking, as they are, you know, talking to each other more is when they decide that they want to meet up. 
Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, they decide that they want to meet up and he is walking with Dave Chappelle, obviously having the conversation with himself about, you know, another really sweet line when he says, this is the most like adorable creature I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. And I'd be crazy to not like turn my entire life upside down and And marry marry her. her. She's even remotely attractive. I know. I was like, dang, so crazy. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you can really build some like strong bonds with people over chatting for a long time. Don't know what you're talking about. Never, never have felt that before. Whatever. Whenever we texted for like 14 hours straight. It's it's different. Was not that different. (laughs) But, and obviously the reveal that it's Kathleen Kelly. And now we have the dynamic where he knows, but she does not. Yeah. And the bookstore is still not gone out of business. And he's just like, I can't be around her Mm -hmm. because. I feel like he's very torn because one, she really did do him dirty with the olive oil thing on TV. Yeah. (laughs) And she knew that she was like taking things out of context, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, he literally fell off of the treadmill. Yes. It was a goddamn piazza. (laughs) Piazza. That's my David phrase. Piazza. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then. Obviously, that leads pretty much directly into their deciding to close the store by yeah. what, like February, I think is. I don't so everything starts in like mid-September. At Christmas is when she's like, the store's open, we're not doing well. By, I think, February is when they're deciding to close. Yeah. You missed the Christmas montage, though. Oh, Sorry. Go the back. only reason I want to want to bring up the Christmas montage because this brings me to something that I see in movies all the time that I have never in my life, in my 36 years on earth, have ever witnessed in real life. People gathered around a piano singing. <laughs> I have never in my life experienced. Have you? Have you ever been around with like more than like three people like a group of people I have. you have just I singing. Have. Yes. Really. But Tell not me. in a Christmas setting. Like where? Was it like a family gathering? I'm kind just of, saying like that. It doesn't that have to be Christmas, but just like a family gathering. I feel like this was like something that people used to do like back in the day before like TVs and stuff. And I get that. But I was like, people actually do this? It's, it feels like it's a rich people thing. Is that what it is? <laughs> I mean, we didn't have a piano growing up. <laughs> I didn't know many people we who did. We did have a piano growing up. We did not ever do that. Okay. Um, didn't have the, the, the Howard single. <laughs> there was no Howard Get single. around. <laughs> I was the lone sing-along. Sing some Elton John today. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's another thing, too. Like, back in the day, everybody had pianos in their houses. But, um, yeah. you know. Anyway. Um... So then after the store closes, and obviously very sad, her, them doing like the big sale and all of that. Everything must go, not nailed down. Yeah. 
um, is when she goes to the Fox books and is kind of like sulking in the children's section. Yeah, that's kind of sick. And the the guy who is working is Chris Messina. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's so young. So, so, so young. And he is in numerous things that you will know. Hold on. I had this pulled up and then we looked up Steve Zan. He is most known for being in Argo. Do you remember him from that? Well, I this is not. what he looks like now. That's the other thing is he looks so different. Yeah, I don't know. You don't recognize him? Okay, well, you can man. cut all of this out then because that's... <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, he glow up is real, yeah. but... <laughs> and I think it's pretty quickly after they close that we have the whole scene where... <laughs> They, uh, Greg Kinnear and Meg Ryan go to the mo- their movie theater date, where yeah. one, we reveal that Birdie was married to Mussolini. It wasn't Mussolini. It wasn't? It was Spanish. Franco. Spanish, yeah. Yes, sorry. Spanish dictator. Which is such a random thing. Were, were they married or did they just have a fling? I think it they was They were in love, yeah. yes. They just had a fling. Uh, also... <laughs> A Rudy Giuliani call out. Yeah, I was like, dang, that's before like. Before his mugshot. Before the mugshot. Before the fall. Before the the melting hair dye. It's like, man, that dude was like. Before the four four seasons landscaping. Oh, he was so, oh my God. Yeah, he was, he was up there not to get political, but it's just funny. The fall from grace Mm -hmm. from like savior of the city after September 11th. Yeah. Just like. Anyway, but yeah, um, I think it's funny, and that's also a thing that's very 90s. I feel like we don't see a lot of scenes in movie theaters anymore, like couples going to movie theaters. It's like, it was such a thing in like the 90s, early 2000s, and literally, I think like a like Seinfeld episode there. They're, and like in Seinfeld, they're always going to the movies. Like, what movie did you see? You know, it's like they're always, it's something that people just did back then because mm-hmm. we don't have, they didn't have what we have now where I could literally just pull up any movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's also funny in the fact where the lady in front of them is like, can y'all like stop talking? And it's, <laughs> Greg dancing and like, it's a dancing hot dog. <laughs> You need just, silence just, during the dancing hot dog. Yeah, it's so funny. I was, I was just like, oh my gosh. But yeah, it's it's when they um when their relationship kind of comes to a head, and I have to say that it is probably one of the most mature breakups that I've ever seen on film. And I was like, I appreciate it, I respect it, and I wish that things happen like that in real life. They don't. Yeah, very to be rarely. Perfectly honest, Nora Ephron does that a lot. In her movies. Happy breakups. Yes. Because yeah. a very similar thing happens in Sleepless in Seattle. And it's, it's very re- but unrealistic, I will say, but it's like, very refreshing. She does. I appreciate the fact that most of her romantic comedies are not about like people in their, you know, people right out of college or something. They're always like a little more mature. And so, you know, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but 
I will say Frank like always kind of gave me the ick because he immediately like with the Parker Posey thing at the party, it seemed like he was like very drawn to her. And then just the fact that like he's on TV with Sydney and like flirting with her and stuff. I'm like, this is inappropriate. You are like, it's not single, dude. I know her from. She was in an episode of Atlanta. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, yeah, I was like, dude, you knew what you were doing. And the fact that he didn't even realize it when your girlfriend's behind you watching, I was like, you knew what you were doing. Yeah, yuck. Big yuck. Don't say ick, though. I hate that word. Why? I don't know. It just feels like, because there was, you know, you've seen those videos on TikTok where they're like, here's a guy's. Guys who put on chapstick give me the ick. And I'm like, well, my lips get chapped too. Like, what do you want me to do? My comment about Jack's no-show socks. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what is wrong with that? Um, We say what gives women the icks, then all of a sudden we're just like misogynists. Oh, whatever. And then we also have the elevator scene where, which leads to uh, Joe and Patricia's eventual breakup uh, yeah where she says that when she gets if she ever gets off that she is getting her eyes lasered yeah that's it's funny though isn't that like an old saying though like don't get with someone that you didn't want to be stuck stuck in an elevator with or oh, something I don't know. there's like some some kind of saying like that but it's like you know if you can't stand them stuck in an elevator like that step i think that's what he had like you can literally see him having like an epiphany he's like <laughs> This woman is gonna drive me crazy, and she's just like, "What?" Well, Parker Posey, bless her heart, uh, is like she always plays these kind of characters in so many movies. She's yeah. so good at it, though. <laughs> oh, uh, when they talk about, or when the doorman is talking about how much he loves the woman that he does, I think that that's also the catalyst for Joe. <coughs> oh, I hate this. Um, and I mean, just because I don't remember what else happens in between those two moments, but then we also have the breakup of Daddy Fox and Jillian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the reveal that she ran off with the nanny. Marine. Nanny Marine. Yeah. Which is funny because his dad ran off, alleged, apparently, with two of uh, his nannies. Yes. And and his wife ran away with so funny. his nanny. I think he got a prenup. Mm. <laughs> but once the store closes is when we go into kind of like the next section of the movie, which is when Joe knows who Kathleen is in regards to like being shop girl. Kathleen does not know who Joe is, and he's kind of starting his like, Journey. how do I win her over thing? Um, which I will say is interesting the fact that we don't get to have a moment with him where we kind of like, I guess the moment for him is him deciding to break up with Patricia, but we don't have any confirmation from him that like, I love her so i'm gonna like fight for her other than he breaks up with patricia and then he emails her and says like sorry i was caught up and i was on the 10th floor with no whatever you know his whatever thing that he makes up for why he stood her up however long before um 
But anyway, goes into his time of trying to win her back. Uh, We see him show up at her house with the daisies while she's sick. Just barging in her house, too. I really also am like, one, I wouldn't. I can't imagine someone just showing up at my home ever, like unannounced. Especially someone. I don't, I mean, I guess they know each other fairly well. How does she know where she lives? I mean, I'm guessing that the answer is that Steve Zahn's character told him since that's how he knew she was even sick. But I mean, so weird. But then also, yeah, like I would definitely not be like letting anyone in. I would, if I really hated him the way that Kathleen claims to hate him, I would not be letting that person in my home. She doesn't hate him. And that's the thing. But she does at that point. She has not won her over yet. At all. I think he's had her. (sighs) Whatever. It's like a. What do you mean, whatever? Why are you just dismissing well, my opinions? I'm not. I'm saying that he or she, she deep down inside, she knows it, but she's like kind of fighting with herself in a sense, like, no. Like, almost at that point, like, <laughs> for lack of a better analogy, like when Belle is looking at the beast and she's like, oh. There's something there that wasn't there before, <laughs> you know, and she he, he's like playing in the snow and she was like, oh, you know, I feel like we're at that point now. Like, yes, in the beginning, she hated him. She liked him when she didn't know he was Fox, but then she saw the corporate guy and then she hated him. And then now she's kind of starting to separate the two again. Yeah. And seeing the man behind his, the suit. The start yeah. of his. Exactly. His rebrand tour. Yeah. His rebirth. Yeah. His errors. Um, and then, yeah, he starts making it a point to like pop up at a million places that she is and talk to her about the guy That's that smooth. she's talking that to. That is smooth. Like he's just, he's just planting that seed, just like fertilizing Telling that her like, you should ask if he's married. But Tips. then his response is like, I can't believe that you would ask He's thinking that. four dimensionally. This guy is playing like <laughs> four dimensional chess. chess. Like he's just like <laughs> crazy. It's pretty funny the way that he's like he played her. slowly winning her over. And honestly, I feel like it's a, that is a real risk to run. It is. Oh, it is could, she going to get mad? He's playing with fire. I was like, <laughs> I, I felt like personally that he was going a little bit further. Because if it was me, I would have told her at the, the cafe. That's what I would have told her, you know? Um, but yeah, he's playing the long con. Mm-hmm. He's invested. Yeah. He may and or may it not is be sweet, a psychopath. The development of their like friendship with each other and seeing yeah. them. They have a lot that, cause the reality is, is that obviously it's horrible that his business caused her to go out of business, whatever. But they have a lot in common. Like they work in the same industry. Yeah. They run in the same circles. I mean, obviously they, they write to each other. That's what we they have in common. Then mm-hmm. they are pretty much. But no, mates. when they were writing to each other, they weren't sharing any of their personal details. I'm saying even their personal details oh, yeah. overlap. They live in the same neighborhood. They both are in like the publishing writer book community. Like 
they have all this past similar past knowledge of books, books and okay <laughs> big book big book big booka <laughs> um yeah it's it's funny to me though it's just like they he he does this because he wants to i think he wants to be sure because he's like i'm willing to put this all on the line so i'm going to do a little bit of research I want to just see what she's like on a day-to-day basis to see if I want to spend every moment with this person. And, you know, you could totally see that, you know, he does. And those little minute things. It's essentially their first, like, five or six dates. Yeah, exactly. But without any of the pressure of it being a date for her. Yeah. And it's funny because you feel like this is when she was like, like thinking like wow there there may be there there may be something here Is i this do when you think, think that started? i think that what she says at the end right before you know she's gonna go up to get ready for her to meet him actually yeah. in real life is true of she's basically like if i had met you in a different circumstance we would already be dating and i think at that point she is still thinking like I can't be with him. He's basically telling me that he likes me. Yeah. But I can't be with him because of this. And it's like, after he makes those statements to her about, like, I would have asked you out, we would, I wouldn't have been able to wait, all of that. Yeah. I feel like just that time frame between when he says that to when she sees him, she's probably ha- parsing through all of the... All of it. You know what I mean? But before that, I think that she really was like, I could never be with him because he did this thing. Yeah. But also he has a boat, which what's her problem with boats? I think it just, she just hates corporate (laughs) rich people. Yeah. I mean, she was with Frank, so she has to have something in her that made him like her. He has a yacht. It's not a boat, you know. But also speaking of that, I love how his is called like Fox 3. And then later on, when he gets, uh, you know, leaves his girlfriend's or his ex's apartment, um, and then his dad, you know, his wife leaves him. They both are living in their yachts and they pull the camera back and you see the Fox 3. And then you see the much bigger Fox 2 who docked right next Honestly, to it. sad we didn't get to see Fox 1. Oh, How I big can only was imagine. that? Guy? That was like a big cruise ship or something. But um, I just think that's funny, though. Um, and the fact that they made this guy lovable though is is awesome because I mean he's he's like a CEO he's or you know he's Corporate I don't think he's a, yeah he's just there he has a yacht he lives yeah. in the 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 West End of uh, Chicago of New York you know it, it's just like everything that you're like this guy I I do not like people like that you know but hey it's Sam Hanks you know what what can you do um. Yeah, I do think that it was like a different time. No. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, of just like, I don't know. I feel like in the 90s, like businessmen were like a, more of a thing. If, not that there aren't obviously businessmen now, but like you would just say like, my dad's a businessman. You know what I mean? I know. Is that what you said to your dad? Huh? He's a businessman. I didn't. I said my dad was a banker, but Sad. I feel like people He's not a would... businessman. I'm a businessman. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what I'm saying is I feel like corporate America was 
also glamored at that point in time where people were like, oh, it's kind of romantic to work in corporate. And now people are like, yeah. it's not romantic. Well, I feel like that's the hangover from the 80s. Yeah. Because, you know, like, you also got to think 98. This is when the 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 IT, the tech bubble. Yes. This is where you get your Jeff Bezos, your Elon Musk's. Mm-hmm. Your your you know well Steve Jobs been around for it but you know your 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 tech bubble Mark Cuban you know these guys all came from that time yeah that's so, what I'm saying oh yeah yeah so I feel like them now we'd be like oh my gosh you have to like totally convince me to like a corporate CEO type because we consider them stuffy but they weren't considered that then but it was yeah I mean it was a and that's what I was saying like in the 80s that's when you had like the Wall Street mm-hmm. like the 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 Gordon geckos from you know uh, greed is good types the yuppies with the big ass cell phones and the slick back hair and the pinky yeah. rings and yeah the what's his American name? psychos Balfour yeah you know and then from that in the nineties we went to like the nerdy dudes who you made fun of in your computer class who just made a algorithm that can you know search the internet for <laughs> you know whatever you need and oh there you go google you know and it's just like that i think that is it was a very interesting time um well obviously then they go to the park yeah it's a lot of meg ryan walking which i pointed out to patrick numerous times that she does not she have a sexy walk at all her walk it. is very mannish it's not even <laughs> mannish it's just slouchy it's like like she doesn't care like she's like oh yeah. whatever you know like she's this slumped it's over a kind of a trudge exactly exactly yeah. it's not cute it's not cute it's i won't not. say manly but it's not it's not like manic pixie dream girl walk. Yeah, it doesn't fit her. Like flitting around. Yeah. But um, it's one of those. I remember one of my friends pointed this out to me. This has nothing to do with the kind of movies that we're watching. But it's Steven Seagal, you know, the, act, the actor Steven Seagal. Just watch him run in his movies. And after this, I'll just show you a compilation of him running. <laughs> he has the funniest run that you'll ever see. And it's just hilarious. So it's like, hey, it like you got to think of all these bad celebrities that you think of that are just, hey, I mean, they're people too, you know, they're on screen, they they may look good, but they cannot walk. <laughs> they're just like you and me. Oh, okay. Um, and they end up together in the end in true rom com fashion. Very storybook ending with the dog yes. pulling. I wonder how they got that dog to pull on his coat. That was adorable. Mm-hmm. What was the dog's name again? Brinkley. Brinkley. Yeah. He eats bits of bagel and pizza off the ground. It's a very all time movie dog thing. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very cheesy. I mean, in in a good way. In a good way. Um, in a very cheesy Hollywood ending. You know. Yeah. It, it's one of those. It's, it's a movie. Um, we love that. We need that. You know, it's fine. Um, but how they got there was different. That's mm-hmm. kind of what makes it. The journey was different, but the ending still the same as every other, you know, romance. Yeah. And that's why we keep coming back to these because it's, I was even like, hurry up and kiss. Cause they kept going. I was like, you need that kiss. You need that closure <laughs> after the kiss. It's the end. That's it. You know, I don't care what they did after. I don't. That happened. I'm a part of their story from that part. And no more. <laughs> did they get married? I don't know. Did they have kids? I don't know. You know, it's like, maybe. I do but, love um, an epilogue, though. Yeah. I was like, give me a happily ever after. Like, yeah. that's, you know, 
That's what it literally. And they lived happily ever after. Like, oh, okay, that's good. Ever after. That's that's a long time, I think. But um <laughs> it was a good movie though. It was it was it was good. Um I feel like Do you feel like you understand why it's considered like one of those movies that most girls I would say probably watch at least once at least once a year? Yeah. No, it's a cozy movie. It's a very it's like a like a <laughs> and you'll get moved when I see this, it's like a hug in a cup. Like, you know, I'm just saying. It's just so cozy and chilly. It's so cozy and just warm. It just fits you like a, a nice like a nice cardigan. Yeah. How annoying was it sitting next to me because I knew every single line? Not bad. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I do the same thing with movies I know. But yeah, it was good. Um and it's 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 a snapshot of a time. And I think that's why it works so much and it's not lost in the filler is because it's it's a snapshot of a time of, you know, and and we're all captured by that. Like the whole movie, if you think about it, is quintessentially just like evolution, you know, like the the store, the small bookstore is evolving into the big box. You know, Greg Kinnear's character is like, I don't want to go this way, you know, but then they meet online and it's like everything is pointing towards future and technology mm -hmm. and evolution of their relationship, how we meet. And I think it's very, it's it was very realistic for how people we're going to meet in the future, you know, and how it's very common. Like we met online, my, my mom met my stepdad online, you know, it's just, it's such a common thing now. It's, it's, it's okay. But back then it's like, I met him on America online on a chat. You're like, what? Like, he's, he's not a killer, you know, but it's fine. It's so normal now. But, um, you, you just love Tom Hanks and you love Meg Ryan. We America's sweethearts. We'll have to watch their other movies at some point. I yeah, uh, yes. Harses, harses, harses. Harses. That's what, that's what we call Sleepless in Seattle. Harses. <laughs> well, she looked older in that movie than she did in this movie. No. Think no. I don't know. We got to go back and watch it. Oh, my gosh. It. She does not. I mean, obviously, the clothes are older because yeah. it's the early 90s. Everybody but just... no, she does not look older. She looks so young. Yeah. Anyway. Well... So you thought it was a good movie. Yeah. You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a great movie. What is your out of five stars? Out of five stars? Hmm. Out of five stars. Out of five stars. I will give You've Got Mail 3.5. Hmm. 3.5 stars. There you go. Well, we'll see what we watch next time. Oh, before we go, I also got to say that I didn't know that this was going to be part of the Pride and Prejudice cinematic universe. <laughs> Last movie we watched, I was like, I know who Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy are. I get it. I get that reference. I understood it. Boom. There you go. He's growing. I'm I'm growing. <laughs> I'm evolving. Um <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you. Can't wait to reveal what movie I'll be making Patrick watch next time. Ooh. Maybe you want to, do you want to drop a clue maybe? Hmm. 
I see if maybe people can guess. Or the problem is that I don't remember what it is because I don't have the spreadsheet okay, pulled well, up. Okay, we'll just edit it out. It's fine. <laughs> but maybe that'll be a thing that we can start introducing. Some subtle clues. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.